Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast, coming up. You can be as creative or uncreative as you want to be to get your message across. And, and that's the beauty of, of, of the online platforms is that you, you can experiment and make mistakes without any kind of problem, really. And, and you know, the, the harder you work, the more reward you get with subscribers and the better the program, the more subscribers. And, you know, that, that's what's brilliant about it. I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world-leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness, and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing, and serving millions of people in person, on TV, and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it would mean so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. Hello and a warm welcome. I wanted to start off just by saying a huge thank you to you. So thank you to everyone who gave such positive feedback on the last business podcast I did. It was a real risk for me to do that. It's very, very different for me to give business advice. Obviously, I do this all the time for our face yoga teachers. So when I'm teaching the courses, when I'm doing the Skype course with them, I give them advice on how to grow their face yoga businesses. But it's the very first time that I had done it on an online platform, which is available for everybody. So to be honest, I felt a little bit nervous about doing it, but I felt in my gut it was the right thing to do. I know during this time, so many people have been affected by coronavirus. Everybody is at home and everybody's having to adapt and change their businesses, their careers, their side hustles, whatever it might be. And so many people are looking to understand how they can start and grow certain platforms. So if you haven't seen my episode on how to start and grow your Instagram, then you can check that one out on episode 16. And it really just gives you some tips on how to start Instagram and how to grow it if you're already quite an active user on that. So it's great if you're one of our face yoga teachers, if you're thinking about becoming a face yoga teacher, or you do something completely different to face yoga, but you're just really interested in how to have more of an online presence. So that brings me to today's episode, which is all about YouTube. Now, this is something which I've had so many requests about. So many of you have been asking me to let you know a little bit more about how to firstly start a YouTube channel, but secondly, to grow it and make it successful. So what I'm going to do in this episode is start off giving you six top tips on YouTube and how you can start it and grow it. And then I'm going to bring on my video editor. So my video editor is Rob and Rob is fantastic with everything when it comes to the technical side of things, the editing side of things, how to actually set everything up. So he can speak so much better than I can on that. So Rob works with me on my YouTube channel 
channel, which is The Face Yoga Expert, if you don't already know my channel. And Rob and I do this as a joint project. So we've always done it as a joint project. And I first met Rob when I was filming with Roxy Shahidi. And if you don't know Roxy Shahidi, she is an actress in the ITV programme Emmerdale. Now, she's very well known in the UK. And particularly if you are a fan of Emmerdale, then you'll know Roxy. And Rob works on Emmerdale, so he is one of the editors there. So Roxy and I did some filming. Rob came along, did the filming for us. I met Rob and we decided together to get things going with my YouTube channel. And he's been fantastic. It's really great to have somebody that knows what they're talking about, really good at editing. So he's going to be able to share some wonderful tips for you today. So I'm really excited about bringing him on this podcast a little later on. So the first part of the podcast podcast you're going to hear just from me and then later on it'll be myself and Rob. So let's get started with my first tip on how to start and grow your YouTube channel. So firstly, find your niche. Now it doesn't need to be too niche. So for example, if you're a yoga teacher, think about what you want to be sharing. What separates you from other people? Maybe you love sharing meditation. Maybe that's the thing that is your niche, the thing you enjoy most, then do that. Maybe you're a face yoga teacher and already by being a face yoga teacher, you have a niche within the industry, but work out what makes you a little bit different. What do you want to bring into your videos that separates you from everybody else? So start to think about what your niche is. So that's very much if you're in that whole yoga and face yoga world, but you might be into something completely different or you might not even know what your niche is at the moment. You may just be thinking, I'd love love to do some filming. I'd love to start a YouTube channel, but I'm not sure what to do. Well, start to think, what do you like talking about most? Because trust me, when you do a YouTube channel, you'll be talking a lot and you'll be doing it very regularly. So it has to be something which doesn't feel too difficult for you to talk about. Maybe you really love talking about gardening. Maybe gardening is the thing that you do in your spare time. Maybe you've got so much knowledge on this, so many tips to share with people and you just love it with every part of you. You would do it for a job. You would do it if it wasn't a job you do it in your spare time. That should be the thing that you talk about. So that's really what is important when you start a YouTube channel. You have to have a little niche, but you have to love talking about what you want to talk about. And it shouldn't feel too hard either. If you have to do piles and piles of research or you have to watch loads and loads of other people's YouTube channels to learn what to say, then it probably isn't the thing that you should be sharing. So talk about what you know. So then you need to decide on the name for your channel. Pick a name and stick with it. So I see so many times people changing their YouTube channel name and you don't want to do that. So really think about a name that suits you. Maybe it's just your name. Maybe it's something to do with the niche that you're sharing. Pick a name and stick to it. Now, don't overthink it either. It really doesn't matter. And most channel success isn't actually built around the name. It's built on the content that they're giving. So you don't need to worry if you think to yourself, oh, I'm not sure that this is exact right name. Pick it, go for it, use it, promote it and just enjoy it. 
So if you're thinking to yourself, I know my niche, I know the name of my channel, maybe you've already got an established niche and an established channel. I don't want you to worry too much. There's other people out there who have got similar channels or are doing similar things. Even if you're sharing something which is exactly the same as what somebody else is doing, there's one thing I want you to remember. It may be the same message, but it's coming from a different messenger. So just take a moment to think about that. It's the same message, but from a different messenger. And also, I want you to remember that there's enough to go around for everybody. Please don't worry too much about what other people are doing. Please don't worry too much about competition. If other people are doing a similar thing, then great. First of all, it shows it's popular. But second of all, it's not taking away anything from you. There's enough to go around for everybody. And remember, what you're doing is bringing your unique gifts to the world. And that brings me on really nicely to the second point, which is probably one of the most important when it comes to building and starting a YouTube channel. It's just be yourself. Now, I completely get it. Sometimes it feels really uncomfortable being on camera. Now, you might have heard me say that on the podcast I did about Instagram. And everybody feels a little bit strange going on camera. However many years you've done it, I've done it for 15 years now, and I still feel moments where I'm a little bit uncomfortable on camera, where I overthink things, but actually you've got to just do it and show the real you. Don't try and pretend you're something you're not or put on a persona. People want to get to know you. And that is how you're going to really build success in your YouTube channel, showing you, showing your unique gifts and being really true to who you are deep down. Now, you still want to be really professional as well. And a few little tips which might help you on your YouTube is you need to be extra smiley. Now, you may have noticed if you've done a little bit of filming before that if you just talk the way that you would talk if you were chatting to a friend, for example, then this comes across as quite dull and quite dry and actually might even look a little bit miserable on camera. So what you need to be doing when you're on camera is be extra smiley. Now, this might feel really uncomfortable because because that isn't what you would do when you are chatting to a friend, have this constant beaming smile on your face. But really, that's what you need to do on camera. Everything needs to be exaggerated a little bit. And same as when you're talking. So when we talk to, to friends or family, maybe we have a lot more of a monotone voice, but you really need to be expressing words so much more on camera. It really doesn't work if you're just speaking in that monotone voice and you're just speaking with a very neutral face. So extra smiley and really start to emphasise the words. That helps so much. And in terms of what you should be wearing, on camera, things that work best are bright colours. So ideally trying to avoid white and yellow, particularly if you're under lighting. Sometimes a thick fabric in white or thick fabric in yellow works fine. And also try and avoid lots of jazzy patterns. So particularly lots of very thin stripes. They don't work so well on camera either. So ideally you want nice bright colours, block colours work best and ideally fitted clothes. So fitted clothes look so much better on camera than looser clothes. And also, if you want to be wearing makeup, it really helps to wear a powder foundation, particularly again, if you're under lights, because you'll find that your face looks very shiny without it. So all those things really, really help on the YouTube channel. So that brings me on to point number three, 
which is upload regularly. Now, this is so, so important in terms of starting a YouTube channel and growing a YouTube channel. So even if you're at the stage where you already have 50,000 subscribers, you need to be uploading very regularly. Now, it doesn't matter how regularly. That's completely up to you. You may think you want to upload once a day and that might be great for you, might be great for your subscribers. Or you may say, actually, I'm going to do this once a fortnight. Now, I would say if you really want to gain traction on your YouTube channel, you need to be doing one a week. So one a week minimum. You can do more if you want, but just try and commit to that and try to put aside the procrastination. My biggest advice with all of this would be just start. So just start from today, film a video, upload it to YouTube and get going with it. That really, really makes a difference. So let's move on quite rapidly to my tip number four which is don't worry about the numbers. So even if you're starting a YouTube channel and you're only getting 20 people watch each video, 20 people is still fantastic. So in real life, if you were able to do a presentation to 20 people, you'd probably be quite thrilled. 20 people are hearing what you're saying. They're listening to your message. They're enjoying whatever it is that you're teaching and sharing. So don't get too caught up on the numbers. And this tip is exactly the same if you already have a very thriving channel. YouTube works in a very funny way. So you may have a video that you posted four years ago or five years ago, and suddenly for whatever reason, Reason, it starts to gain popularity and you've got so many more people watching that video than the newer, maybe more professional, maybe more up-to-date ones that you filmed in the last few weeks. And that's just the way that YouTube works. And so don't worry about that too much. One thing I would say in terms of being led by numbers is you can use your numbers to start to understand what your subscribers want from you. So start to look back. Is there a trend in certain videos? Are certain videos more popular than others? Make more of those. That's what your subscribers want. As long as you feel comfortable sharing that, then that's really great. But don't worry too much about those ones that only got smaller numbers. Keep those up there. Don't delete them. Even if you look back at your very early videos and you think to yourself, they really don't look great. I wasn't presenting the way I wanted to. I wasn't looking the way I wanted to. Don't delete videos. Keep them there because you never know. Suddenly they may gain popularity and they may be the key to building building up your subscribers. But don't get too caught up on the numbers. Remember, every single person that watches a video is a worthwhile person. So it's not always about the really big numbers. So let's move on to tip number five, which is have a good intro and a good outro. So start each video as though the people that are watching it haven't met you before. So start off with your name. You can even add your title into there and then introduce what that video is going to be about. Give a really quick, succinct introduction so people know what they're getting. And if you're sharing something which requires some level of safety advice, put that in there as well. Again, in a very quick, succinct way. Then make sure you've got an outro. So thank people for watching and then give them their call to action. So let people know where they can find you. And that moves me quite nicely onto our final tip. So tip number six of what is your goal of your channel? So it's really good to have a clear vision. 
You want to know why you're taking this time to build a YouTube channel. And then as you build the channel, always have this in mind. Are you aiming to make money through the adverts? Are you aiming to build a subscriber list? Are you aiming to push people towards your website? Are you aiming for people to follow you on social media? Are you aiming for people to buy your products or buy your services? Have a think what you want of those things. And it's fine to have a few of those things. That's no problem. But then you need to really be adding this in your call of action at the end of the video and also in the notes about your video too, which I'll talk about a little bit more when I bring Rob on in a moment. So I hope those six tips have been useful for you in terms of a starting point. I'm just going to tell you a little bit now about about Rob and then I'm going to bring him on to the show. So Rob is a broadcast editor with over 20 years experience editing some of the nation's most loved programmes. So in the UK, he edits programmes such as Emmerdale, EastEnders, he's done How to Look Good Naked, 10 Years Younger, and he's been involved in the crafting of best loved shows for most of his career. So Rob actually comes from a family of film. Rob grew up on the sets of James Bond and films with Anthony Hopkins and Roger Moore. And he helped his stepfather, Roy Allen, who was a feature film stuntman during his summer holidays. So he's very much been in the industry since a very, very young age. And that all led him to the career he's got now. And he really believes that broadcasting on online platforms like YouTube is so, so important for the era we're living in at the moment. And it's been an interest of Rob's for many, many years. And he really gets excited about these sorts of platforms and feels it's definitely the future of program making. So I feel very lucky to have such an experienced editor on board with me on my YouTube channel. But you don't have to have an editor. So this is what Rob and I are here to say today. You can do this all yourself at home. If you do want to contact Rob, then we'll talk about that at the end of the show. And you can certainly call on him for his services. But also just know that if you want to start very basically, follow the tips he's going to give you and it'll really help you to build the YouTube channel that you want. Hi, Rob. I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's good to be here. So I want to just dive straight in by asking you a little bit about the equipment that everybody can use if they want to get going with a YouTube channel. So I just do all of mine, as you know, on an iPhone. I have a couple of box lights. I have a, a little lapel mic and I always do mine on a white background with my iPhone on a tripod. And that works for me. Do you think that everybody needs that or is there something even more basic you can do than that? I think the iPhone or a smartphone is a is a great idea because most people have one of those devices. Mm -hmm. And your setup that you mentioned is almost spot on and anyone can do that. To make it simpler, you could just shoot in decent daylight whilst you're getting used to it before you want to invest any more money. Shooting in good light is just as good as shooting under light if you've got controllable light like that. And sound is often a overlooked so if you can use a lapel mic or some kind of microphone it's always better than using the sound from the phone that the phone picks up yeah that makes sense and daylight is really lovely obviously it gives a nice sort of natural glow on the skin but the only problem with it with it is it is quite changeable isn't it so if you're sort of facing a window you can have clouds that go by and it does 
really change quite a lot. So would you say ideally avoid that? And if you can, sort of what we do is we sort of black out the room and then we have the the two lights. So at least you know that it changes, even though the light might not be quite as flattering as sometimes natural light is. Would you say that that's probably best if people can invest even in a in a very basic inside light? Yeah, I think if you can control the light in the way you said by blacking out the windows, just closing the curtains and buying some cheap lights off Amazon and they're not expensive. You can go hugely expensive or you can go as cheap as you want, more or less. And giving you that kind of control means you don't have to rush between takes to get the light looking right. So you can, you can control the lights, you can take your time and you could take a day to shoot one piece and still have the same light throughout the whole day, which obviously makes things a lot easier. So once um, someone's recorded a YouTube video, so however long they decide it to be, they've done their first video, how do they then get it from their iPhone and then get it up onto YouTube? What's the easiest, simplest way to do that? Okay, well, you can work straight from an iPad because an iPad does have editing software on it called iMovie and those bits of software are designed for things like this just to upload to YouTube. The same software can be on an iPhone so that would be the simplest way if you wanted to use a device you already have. Another way is to obviously use your computer so you would need some software which we can come to and to transfer the video off your device onto your computer is the step you've got to take. Now, the software that you use would probably do that for you. Even iTunes would import the material from your device onto your computer hard drive. And then you'd use your edit software to work with the footage that you've got and make the program you want to upload to YouTube. Okay. And which software is best? So um, what's best for someone that's maybe starting out? And then what's best for someone that's maybe quite experienced? Because some people listening to this might be thinking, well, I've already got a YouTube channel. I'm already got quite a few subscribers, but I just want to improve my editing. Okay. Well, first thing, you know, let's base it on a Mac because there's uh, there's great software called iMovie, which is installed onto every Mac that, that is available now. And iMovie is free and very simple to use. It's drag and drop, and you can't really go wrong with that. It's a bit different for PC because obviously that is um, Apple Mac software. So for a Mac, I would, I would, if you're starting out, use iMovie. It's a very basic software, but perfect for your first steps into making something for YouTube. If you're a bit more advanced, you could then upgrade later to a program called Final Cut Pro, which is what I use for YouTube for the stuff we do. Mm-hmm. Now, the great thing about that is if you start on an iMovie, you can now just upgrade it into Final Cut Pro and everything you've done is then transferred from iMovie into Final Cut Pro. Now, Final Cut Pro gives you more control. It's what feature films are made on. You know, television in America is, is made in some places on Final Cut Pro. Not so much in the UK, but that's, that's the, the way it is at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. So fi- I would go Final Cut Pro for the more advanced person. Now, there's another step. Now, Avid is a bit of software that is used throughout the television industry. Emmerdale, EastEnders, everything is cut on Avid. So what you could do they've now released a free version of Avid called Avid First that anyone can download for free. It's a cut-down version of Avid, but very it's great to use for 
when you're starting out because it's cut down, simpler to use and it's free. That's great, Rob. I am learning so much, actually. It's really nice to know what you do from your end, actually, because I'm so used to doing what I do and my filming side of things. So it's really nice to hear more about your editing side Absolutely. of things. I mean, I, I love working on a laptop. I, I love Final Cut Pro works brilliantly on, on an Apple computer because it's designed by Apple. And I love, you know, sometimes, especially in the summer and not so much at the moment for obvious reasons, but going to a coffee shop and working on our stuff with a pair of headphones, with a, with, with a Costa coffee or whatever, and just, you know, having the atmosphere of people around you and, and working like that. I th- and that's what, what really excites me about doing this kind of thing. It's, it's, it's where, great. It's, you can work where you want, basically, and that's I think that's great. No, I, th- I think that's great as well. And that that is something really lovely about a YouTube channel. You know, you are in control of it. You can be as flexible as you like with it, which is exciting for everyone, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely, yeah. You've, you're not constrained by channel rules. You know, you, you can be as creative or uncreative as you want to be to get your message across. And uh, and that's the beauty of, of, of the online platforms is that you, you can experiment and make mistakes without any kind of problem really and and you know the, the harder you work the more reward you get with subscribers and the better the program the more subscribers and you know that, that, that's what's brilliant about it definitely it's it's wonderful so i'd really like to now talk about once somebody has edited whatever they need to edit so even if it's very basic editing so it can just simply be cutting the beginning cutting the end um cutting maybe any mistakes out how then do you think is best to do any more sort of basic editing in terms of maybe adding graphics um maybe adding subtitles music maybe you could talk us through a few of those things yeah okay so the process let, let, let's take what we do you get your pictures across to me shot on your iphone so in essence that's the same way anybody else would do so then i go in and i i think or balance the color it's like it's called color grading and what that does is um i make sure that the colors are as they should be so as close to reality as possible because as good as cameras are they do make mistakes so i color correct it i add a bit of color to make you know to warm up the shot to make your skin look a bit browner or, or that kind of thing and and i take if it's overexposed i drop the exposure down slightly and by the same token is if, if it's too dark called underexposed i lift it to give it a balanced look that gives the pictures warmth and makes it look as close to reality as possible i then go in and put music on now, the thing about music is you need to have copyright clearance to do that. You can't just put any music on uh, because you'd be in breach of copyrights. So your video would be taken down. So we have licenses to use specific music on the things that we do. And also we put graphics on. So like um, your name is called a, it's called a caption, a name super. So I always introduce you with your name and your website goes on as well and anything else we want to put on graphics wise. So those things are getting a bit more technically advanced, but still quite easy to do once you know how to do it. Definitely. That makes sense. And in terms of actually, once you've done that and you've uploaded to your YouTube channel, how then can you set up things like ads to monetize your videos? The way YouTube works now is you have to have, and I'm sure it's 4,000 hours of viewing in any 12-month period. 
before you can monetize. Before that, you can upload. That's fine. You can, and the only way you can get those hours is by uploading. But before you can make any money from ad revenue, you need to have, I think it's a thousand subscribers plus 4,000 hours a year of view time. Now, once mm-hmm. you've done that, you can then become a YouTube partner. You will be invited by YouTube once that happens. And then you can monetize that way. But before that, you need to be uploading on a regular basis, building your subscriber base. Once you've done that, then you'll be eligible to monetize. Right. Yeah, that that all makes sense. And then in terms of how you start to build that, I've already talked earlier on the podcast about posting regularly and, and, and finding your niche and all that type of thing. But when you actually do upload, it's really good to have a good title, isn't it? To have um, some really good keywords and also to have a good description as well. So have you got any tips or advice on that? Well, that is critical. In fact, your thumbnail and your title has to be relevant to the content. You couldn't, for instance, make, I mean, I'm going to be silly here, but make a a program about honey and say Mm -hmm. this is the best ever video on cats just because that's topical because YouTube is a bit cleverer than that and it will realise that you're trying to pull the wool over people's eyes there. So it's keeping your thumbnail relevant. So if it's about honey, call it honey. And the same with your description. It has to describe what the video is about. And also, you know, spending a bit of time on your thumbnail is is really important and making it easy to see as you're scrolling through so the text stands out, you know, so in its most basic form white background with black text is easy to see yeah but that's a little boring so you know there's lots of things for adobe that you can use for free to create nice titles and nice thumbnails or photoshop if you're a bit more advanced or anything in between there's there's lots of things you can do and even you you know your ipad even instagram or snapchat can make thumbnails for you that you can use in youtube that makes sense, definitely. But I think the key there is to be relevant and keep your description on topic and your thumbnail and title on topic and your keywords on topic. And and that way that, that helps people find the content that they're looking for. Definitely. That's great. And in terms of sort of encouraging people to subscribe, I know something which we've started doing is adding a little button on the YouTube actual video, which says subscribe and get a notification. How do you add that? Is it quite a simple thing to add? Well, it's a graphic. And so we had those graphics created. So now I've got them. It's a very simple case for me as an editor to drop it onto the video. So you can download those icons from youtube um if you just google um youtube icons you can find these icons to download now another good way to get subscribers that helps subscribers remember to hit subscribe and hit the bell button which alerts them that when you upload a video which helps your viewing and that kind of thing but also a verbal call to action Ask people mm-hmm. to subscribe, say to them, you know, for the next great video, click subscribe and hit that bell button to be notified when it happens. Because when people are involved in your content, they forget to subscribe. And, you know, they're not thinking about that. They're thinking about what they're watching. But if you remind them to subscribe them if and they like what they're seeing, the chances are they will. 
Definitely. I agree completely. Um, so I'll tell you just a little bit about the tips that I've shared with everybody just before you came on the podcast. And maybe if there's anything you want to add to that. So the sort of six tips that I shared with everyone was, first of all, sort of finding your niche and making sure that you've got a clear message in terms of what you're sharing, in terms of what the name of your channel is. The second tip I gave was just being yourself, getting over that discomfort of being on camera that everybody has. And I also talked a little bit about when you are on camera, you need to be a little bit smiley than usual. You need to sort of pronounce your, your words a little bit more than usual. Things like a brighter fitted clothes works better. You often need to change your makeup a little bit. So there's a little bit more powder than usual, that type of thing. Um, so they my first sort of two out of the six tips. Anything you want to add to those two tips? Well, yeah. So so when you've mentioned there being yourself it's really practice makes perfect so just because you've shot something doesn't mean you need to upload it so practice do 10 practice videos and 10 versions and pick your best one from that because the more you do it the more you will become and come across as natural even knowing I was going to do this podcast with you Danielle I was <laughs> nervous not nervous but my thought yeah. do I sound like a robot am I being too formal <laughs> but I feel right now now I've got used to it I, I've warmed up more and, and I feel that my answers are probably a bit more fluid and, and I've been doing this for ages so I think just practice and and do lots of them and be, be prepared to throw away your first 50 and start again yeah. Definitely. And watch yourself back as well. You know, again, it is getting over that discomfort. But if you watch yourself back, even the first few times, and then you start to know what you like and what you don't like, because there isn't really any rules, is there? You know, it's what you feel comfortable putting out, really. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you know, the makeup's a good call because when you've got, if you've gone down the road, road of lights, you'll find that, you know, you've got reflections and because you're under lights, you, you'll, you'll start to sweat slightly. So a powder just stops that happening. And that's what we do on, on, on television sets in Emberdale is the forever between takes powdering the, the act, actors' faces just to stop that reflection because the reflection isn't natural. Makeup is, is preferable if you're going to do it on a regular basis. Definitely. And actually, I'm thinking, Rob, now you're saying that, that I should do a YouTube video on how I do my makeup Absolutely. for videos. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's good to, to share with everybody. So let me tell you the, the other few sort of tips I shared. So the tip number three was just about uploading regularly. So just stopping that sort of procrastination that's so easy to have at the beginning and sort of thinking, oh, one day I'll start it. And actually just starting it, not overthinking it, and then commit to a frequency. So if your frequency tends to, um, if your frequency happens to be once a week, that's fine. If it happens to be three times a week, even better, that's great. But almost have a frequency in your mind and stick to that because subscribers love that, don't they? They do. And also on the flip side of that, um, you, if you're doing a product, uh, doing a video on something that other people are doing and you're watching back your competitors, let's say, mm -hmm. and you see that they're uploading every day, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to because viewers can only watch so much content of you. So I, I wouldn't necessarily panic upload and do it every day just find what you're happy happy doing because you'll, you'll suffer from burnout if you do it too much and, and then you'll stop doing it so if your lifestyle dictates that you can only do one or two videos a week just stick to that and stick to doing one or two videos a week and then if you feel you have more time experiment look at your comments if you're doing too much 
you know, you will see your viewing figures drop off because people are just overwhelmed with the amount of content. It doesn't mean they're not liking it. It's just that they haven't mm-hmm. got time to, yeah. to view it. And also on that, read your comments, read what people are saying. And, you know, if people are saying, yes, I liked it, but it was too long, there's an indication that perhaps make them shorter. Yeah, definitely. And reply to comments as well. You know, I always reply to every comment. That's so, so important. It is. People like to feel like they're talking to the people that are, you know, the creators and it, it, it builds brand loyalty. Absolutely, definitely. And delete the trolls as well. I've got no problem doing that. I know I know a lot of people keep um, negative comments on there as well because they like the engagement. But actually, I don't want negativity in my space. So no, I'm very absolutely. happy to, to delete those, really. Yeah, and people do. People, It's very easy to criticise, isn't it? And, and you will find people will criticise more than they really should be. But just ignore them. And the chances are it's just a robot anyway. Definitely. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then the tip number four I gave was not to get too caught up on the numbers. So actually, if you're starting a YouTube channel and first of all, you're only getting 20 views per video. Well, actually, 20 people is still fantastic because if you were in a room and you were presenting your skills to a group of 20 people, you'd be quite thrilled that you've got the attention of 20 people for 20 minutes. So I, I I recommended not to get too caught up on that, but then also on the flip side, start to understand what is popular on your channel. So there'll be certain types of videos and start certain types of things that you share, which will give an indication of what your audience wants. So actually be guided by that as well. Absolutely. That those numbers, the analytics section in the YouTube studio section of YouTube where you'll upload is is full of useful information as you said if someone's watching 2000 views on something you've done and do more of that because people want that compared to 20 views of something that you've done yesterday so be guided by that and also your watch time you can see when people stop watching so if people are getting bored three quarters of the way through next time don't do that section or make it shorter to make it more more viewable because it's the amount of time people watch as well, which is quite important to your your viewing figures. Yeah, definitely. And then I mentioned just having a very simple intro and outro. So I always think that you've got to think about YouTube as a place where people may be visiting that know you well. Maybe they subscribe to you. Maybe they watch every single one of your videos. But sometimes they may be coming to you and they don't know you at all. So just simple things like introducing your name, who you are, what the video is going to be about, any safety advice that you may need, and then just doing a really simple goodbye and a call to action to people. So do you want them to subscribe? Do you want them to visit your website? Do you want them to head to Amazon for your book? Whatever it might be, yeah. having that sort of simple intro and outro. Is there anything anything else you wanted to add to that? Yeah, on the same thing of that, there's a thing called cards and I think they're end cards where there's a section where you can add information like a suggested video so it could be one of yours it could even be another channel if you've got a partnership going with another channel which is another thing to look at which we can talk about at another time and also the end screen if you watch youtube videos you'll see a lot of the time as you're coming towards the end of the video a suggested video will come up so make it one of yours and and you can even ask youtube to recommend one that is a best fit for the viewer so that just keeps people on your content so if you're doing a video about something and and you've got another video which complements that video have an end card coming up that suggests to the viewer to go and view that video next and things like that really help keep people 
in your 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 special area. Definitely, that makes sense. And then the final tip that I gave was understanding your goal. So it's really important when you start a YouTube channel to know why you're there, or even if you've got a thriving channel to understand why you're there. You know, is your goal to make money through ads? Is your goal to build subscribers? Is your goal for people to go and follow you on your social media channel? There's lots of different things. And actually it can be a combination of things if you want. But I think it is important, don't you, to, to know why you're doing this channel. And actually, you might just say I'm doing it for fun. Anything else you you wanted to to add to that? Yeah, no, knowing what you want to do and keeping that on message is is um, when I say on message, I mean keep it on message to yourself for the goal you want, and even write it down somewhere. You know, like, like I don't want to say a business plan because that, that that gets complex, but just write a sentence, stick it on your wall, the goal that you want to achieve from YouTube. So when you have a, a hard day when you haven't got subs- the subscribers you want, you can just keep your, your eye and your focus on the goal that that you want. Uh, and I think that will help you create content that is relevant to yourself and relevant to your to your viewers. And I think in the most part, though, and I think you you hit on it there. Have fun. Yeah. It, it is a fun thing to do. And, and the more you use it, you can get YouTube friends where you can talk to people. You can find other creators who are doing a similar thing and become you know their friend online and ask them for advice because i think people do want to share i think that's the that's the good thing about youtube is it's quite a quite a community isn't it Mm-hmm, definitely. And something I also mentioned earlier when I was chatting in the podcast was, well, two things, really. First of all, there's enough to go around for everybody. So just because someone else is already doing the channel similar to yours doesn't mean that they aren't going to watch your videos, too. And also, even if someone is doing something very similar, it might be the same message, but it's a different messenger. Exactly. Now, that's so important, it isn't is. it, to, people, to, to understand? People like people don't they and, and and people you know you watch a soap or a, a drama because you like the characters and you will go to that because of the character so even if your channel is exactly the same as somebody else's as as you've just said the the viewer might just like you your way of telling the story your setup the way you look the way your videos feel the length of your videos mm-hmm. so yeah don't be put off if somebody else is doing it just do it and um, make it your passion. Definitely. I completely agree. Thank you so much, Rob. You've been so amazing to come on the Face Yoga Expert podcast. I feel that everything you have shared with us is going to help people, whether they're new to this whole YouTube game or they are very experienced with it. So once again, a big, big thank you, Rob. No, thank you. No worries. Anytime. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.